You're listening to the Defro Airsoft Podcast. Hosted by Stuart Rowe. Meet the legend. Meet the legend. Get to know a local Airsoft legend as we take a deep dive and find out all about their call sign, equipment, local airsoft scene, play style, dreams, and the story behind their best Instagram photos. Now, let's meet today's legend. Hello, everyone. My name's Stuart Rowe. Welcome to the Death Row Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Storm the Poet. How you doing, good, man? brother. How you doing today? Good, good. It's cold as hell here. You you do not want to be in Tokyo right now. What's the weather like where you are? A desert, a very chilly morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So it seems we have a uh, mutual friend. Uh, we both know uh, Airsoft to Sam, right? Airsoft Sam. You talk about a superhero. I tell her all the time. I'm, I've been emailing Marvel every week. She needs to be the next main character superhero woman, superwoman, whatever she has to do. She's going to succeed doing it. I mean, she is that lady for sure. Yeah, dude, she she's amazing. So if, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've been drinking. Uh, I need to come back. All right. So <laughs> let's let's jump into the podcast now. So for part one, let's have a look at the player. So Storm the Poet. Tell me all about yourself, man. Um, what's your self-introduction? My name is Storm the Poet. Um, when I was a young kid, my dad played professional paintball. I remember being six, seven years old, you know, going to these paintball events where it was just like one tore down porta potty and just a whole bunch of hours. And I would watch these guys just play speedball all day. And I'm like, man, this is this is mighty cool. But back in those days, you know, you shoot a paintball gun, you got to arc all the way in the air to shoot. And I'm like, this is cool, but man, I you know, I really, I really want something with accuracy. That's when I got my first P90 airsoft gun, and ever since then, again, that was 15 plus years ago, and I just fell in love with it ever since. Nice, man. I I, I had a similar ex, uh, experience. So, like, I played paintball like uh, before I got into airsoft, and I was just so like disappointed by it. Like, first it was incredibly expensive, but uh, this was like over 20 years ago, and yeah, the accuracy was was trash. Like, we we're arcing the shots, <laughs> like just as you said, the the rate of fire was trash. And the thing I hated the most was that the um, the paint was flavored. And like when you got hit in the mask, if it was like right around your mouth, uh, your mouth, it would like, you know, the paint board, the paintball would break on your mask. Then you get like all this banana ink, like all splattered all over your mouth. You're like, the hell is this? And uh, yeah, I did not en- really enjoy my first experience of paintball. Well, plus in those days for me, you have to understand, this is early 2000s, so there was no fish oil in the paintballs then. Being up here in the high desert and stuff, people were freezing paintballs, or if they weren't malicious, they left their paint in their garage, so those balls wouldn't break. You know what I mean? So you bend that. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Oh, yeah. man, those were the days, because you're calling those hits, man. <laughs> there was no cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Definitely calling those hits. I, I heard rumors of frozen paintballs, but I, I never uh, encountered it in the wild. Crazy. All right, cool. So um, I hear that you have your uh, own brand, which is Poet Airsoft. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Poet Airsoft. A little bit about me, you know, I'm in February going to be three years sober off of drugs, um, pills and stuff like that. The the first, or I'd probably say the second week I came out of rehab, I realized that I had to do something with my life. That I I knew the sport of Airsoft, I love it. So I started hosting games at this field that we have up here in Asbury called Rally Point. 
ran that field for about two years and got to a point where I was like, this is cool, but I feel like there's more that I could do. And for the two years that I ran that field, I mean, I've been in the industry for a while, but no one really knew my name. They kind of knew my hair. I got the different pink hair and stuff or yellow hair, but I always kept it low key because I never wanted to be somebody who wanted the quote unquote clout. However, obviously, if you want to grow, you have to find some kind of growth within yourself. You have to give people a reason to believe. So I told all my guys, like, dude, I'm going to go out. I'm going to start this brand. I'm going to focus on mental health awareness. You know, since COVID, I have friends who have taken their life, friends who have fallen into drugs, fell victim to that, and they kind of don't have anything. You know, focus on the mental health awareness again, you know, just family-oriented vibes and try to grow so one day I could provide a very beautiful field for my community up here. That's beautiful. Like, COVID's been hard on on everyone. So for you to be doing something that, you know, helps people with mental health, which is something a lot of people don't talk about, that's that's really cool. Nice work, man. Appreciate it, brother. So I also heard that you're helping out with lots of charities. What kind of charities are you helping out? Yeah, so I believe actually next week I'll be meeting with my good buddy Perry from Active Valor, which is basically a charity that focuses on children who lost their parents in active duty. And I met... Um, the Active Valor guys a few weeks ago over at a Tactical League event that we had in Giant San Diego, and I just fell in love with the idea of what they were doing. You know, anything to give back to the community, and a big reason why I want to pair with him is to realize, you know, there is a lot of social media and influencer people in this sport, but I feel like that they could do a little bit more than what they're doing now. Now, you know, it's completely up to them, but I feel like if I'm doing a bunch of stuff and it, it gives them no excuse to not do anything, they might see it and, you know, jump on board. So I'm going to meet with Perry and for all the events that I'm going to be doing moving forward, at least for the next year, I'm hoping that he'll tag along with me and we could do that and at least give, you know, 5-10% sent back for all sales that we make for all our stuff, you know? Okay, do you mean like uh, airsofters like, aren't doing enough or like uh, uh, fields aren't doing enough on uh, SNS to represent their brands? Like, can you go a little deeper on that? Just from what I've seen and, again, to take it in context, not to talk, talk ill on anybody, but when I go to an event, what I want to see, like when you go to a, a Poet Airsoft event this year, I want you to see RPS, Playboy Hot Dog, Full Auto Only, Active Valor. I want to see five different brands associated with every event that I'm doing at least. Because again, every Saturday, every, everybody's free, but they're all into these different cities and they're kind of doing nothing. But at the same time, we could all be in you know one Discord call together, like where are we going this week? And we can link together and not only grow ourselves, but grow whatever field or event that we're a part of to get everybody excited about the sport. In the state of California, we're very stagnant. There are a few very great events, you know, Lion Claw, American Milsom, Milsom West. They do a very, very great job. But just in my mind, I feel like there's just so much more we could do. Let's go find a mall and then get 10 brands to come together at this mall to give, you know, 20 guns out. Let's get 700 people there and do something crazy. I just, I feel like. Okay, nice. You're you're trying to Steve Jobs, the airsoft industry. I like it. 100%. That's cool. So looking to centralize the the main players in the the industry so looking at different uh, airsofters that are you know they've got that clout they've got those 5000 10000 50000 followers on Instagram they've got that YouTube presence and you're trying to bring these airsoft influencers to one place every Saturday and that way you get this uh, nice mutual gain for everyone that's nice man have you ever seen the show narcos uh i saw the first two seasons i think what i want and I- I love that we all have our own teams, and I even dropped a poem that you could definitely check out on my page. But I want an Airsoft Federation, where we could all have team captain rails, but we have a Discord, kind of like how they meet at a table. We could all look at each other and say, okay, what are you doing this month, and what are you doing this month? On the 29th of this month, next Saturday or next Sunday or whatever, I'm helping out with Boot Camp for Kids at Tech City, but at the same time, the Kid Union event, which is a 5v5 tournament, Tactical League is doing a 9v9 tournament, 
you know, there's there's a four or five events going on at that one day, which is totally fine. I appreciate what they're doing for the sport. But moving forward, we should all be together on a phone call like, yo, all these guys want to support all of us. What can we do to make it where maybe they're the day before or the day after where we could all help each other out? Nice, man. Uh, I have something that you might like. I'm just trying to uh, to find it. Um, so one of, I can't find the link anywhere. <laughs> uh, so one of my friends, he's like big up in, uh, do you know Skinny Bitch? I've heard that name. Okay, so she's like the number one airsofter for the last two years worldwide. Rip. And uh, her husband, uh, his name's Rob. So he goes by the call sign Barrage. And he's like the top of uh, airsoft in uh, Belgium, and he's actually uh, made a website. It's like uh, basically like a, an SNS, like Facebook or something for airsoft, and it's exactly what you're saying. So it, it's a place where everyone can get together that does airsoft. They can have all their teams there. They can have all their their rankings. They can have the player photos, all the information, all in one location, and. That's what he's trying to do at the moment too, to just like standardize airsoft worldwide. So you can have the same rules, you can track stats, you can have, you can make it a sport. Yeah. So uh, there are a couple people I will say that are definitely making the effort. Um, A good buddy of mine, Call Sign Leo, actually, I think it was 48 hours ago, hit me up like, hey dude, I just kind of made this Discord thing where I want people to go and be able to talk about their brands. There are a few select people, and that's why I definitely surround myself with them that are trying to do a thing. But again, I'm going to go back right back to it. I'm, I'm kind of like a broken record. If I can get a call with these guys, man, alone, we can only do so much. But as a unit, as a family, we can grow. We can go to Hulu and say, guys, this is our highlight tape. Paintball is on TV. That looked pretty fucking cool, huh? Okay, well, have you guys ever seen a Milsim? Okay, well, watch this. And we could grow as much as we want. Because eventually, you know, it is California. They are going to try to ban guns again. They already have it out here now. If you're shooting an airsoft gun outside, it is illegal. And in some places, it, you know, from what I know, it's like a felony to shoot a toy gun. We're in the area where I live, and people are getting killed by real guns every day. People will hit you with the car, and if you're a woman, they'll get out of your car, and they will push you, and they will take your vehicle and drive away. That's the high desert. That's where I live in. It is poverty-stricken. It is ghetto. <laughs> the fields that I've hosted up here, they work completely free because my guys cannot afford to go to the SC villages and you know the Code Reds and pay the 20 to 40 bucks for admission because that's the reality of the situation. These guys just want an outlet to be able to go and love the sport that they play. You know what I mean? So it's tough. Yeah, that whole thing about like shooting airsoft guns like outside—that that's a worldwide thing. Like, there's there's not one country, to my knowledge, that allows you to shoot airsoft guns in public. Like, yeah. you can't use them in your front yard. Using them in your backyard is uh is basically bad. Uh, lots of people will play on private land, but it's going to be like a farm or something like that where there's no risk of uh, injury to others, and there's no—it's not visible from the outside. But if you're running around with an airsoft gun and it's visible by an onlooker, yeah, they're going to call the cops, regardless of oh. the country. Even Japan, they will call the yeah, cops. Yeah, 100% of the time. But yeah, the, when I see, when I hear stories of people playing street games and stuff, you're like, what? How are you still alive? Yeah, well, no, a lot of kids out here too, just be like, well, I was just walking around with my Glock. I don't know why they're tripping. I'm like, well, dude, you took your orange tip off, man. That's an Elite Force Gen 4 Glock 17. <laughs> It looks pretty real. The weight's pretty there, you know. So, you have to be with Glocks. You can't tell the difference. They, I have maybe three or four, and they look identical to the real thing. Like even uh, with the markings and everything, the weight, like even the barrel. It, unless you like really look at the barrel, and go no, it's a few millimeters um, narrow. 
Yeah, you can't tell. It came a long way, especially like those VFC guns and stuff. You know what I mean? Beautiful guns. But man, you hold them, you're like, wow, that's not a replica. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's even like one AK factory that makes real AKs and airsoft AKs from the same assembly line. So they're basically indistinguishable from the real thing. Well, man, those Kalashnikovs are pretty, pretty close, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go on to the uh, the next question now. So I heard you have a thing called the the Poet Cup, which is a tournament series that you're running. Could you tell me about the Poet Cup? Yes. So the Poet Cup, again, there is a lot of really cool tournament series out here in the state of California. You know, shout out to Speed QB, Product N1 for all within their establishment. Uh, Adrenaline is absolutely their, their thing. <coughs> the Poet Cup is essentially going to be a family-oriented event. So it will be a tournament where you can win a cash prize. You get your team name engraved into the trophy. But it's not going to just be tournament, let's sweat, and let's yell at each other. There's going to be a Trouble in Terrace Town game where it's purely luck. You might win or lose that game. The top two guys get their points there. There will be a 5v5 speed game where it, you know it's skill. But it's basically meant to be a non-toxic, speedy environment for guys who just love, especially the younger crowd who loves watching it, but is too scared to be a part of any of it. Give them a platform to be able to go. Wait, wait. Is that a thing? People are scared of airsoft? Oh, speed QP, um... There's a very toxic narrative on the sport of speed QB. I mean, it got to the point where, you know, sometimes, especially at open games at, at some fields and stuff, like I'll bring out like a banana suit and I'll start wearing it because I'm like, nobody can yell at the banana, right? Because it does get, it does get sporty. And what guys don't understand is if an airsofter has a bad time two or three times, a little kid, if he has one really bad time where you scare him, he's going right back to Call of Duty. This is the most fragile sport you'll ever, yeah, the most fragile sport. And even if they Oh, that's right. Americans, you guys play with kids. Like, not not, not like that, but like, you, yeah. Lots of other places don't let kids play. So like, that that's a real American thing. Oh, wow. I... Like, in, in, in Japan, it's 18 plus, And like, other countries are 18 plus too. Like, uh, of course, some places will, will have it. But America is a real unique place where you play with kids. You know what? I, I... That's that's a uniquely you problem. Yeah, that is, that is definitely an... Because airsoft's regulated. You you have to be 18 plus to buy the guns. So you can't play if you're under 18. What? That's crazy. Yeah, so it's fantastic is what it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. But I mean, you know, growing up, I was a football coach. You know, at one point, you know, I was a basketball coach. At one point, I was a snowboard instructor. So helping out the, the youth has been something I'm passionate about. Even when I was even further back, after I left my kids' camp that I was a part of, I was a counselor for that camp. So, you know, they are the foundation of our future. Or, they are our future, you know what I mean? So I have to lay a foundation down for them and be able to give them a good place. Because right now, if I were to leave Airsoft right now, I wouldn't be content. Not that it's in a terrible... Yeah, but... So much better in my eyes. But, like, these, these kids, they're going to turn 18 one day and then they can play Airsoft then. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no benefit to starting early. They can wait. No, but especially... It's like it's like it's like Christmas. If you open all your all all your Christmas presents on December first, it means nothing. But if you seal them under the tree for a whole month and you can't touch them, you can't open them, you can't shake them, it builds all that anticipation. And then when you finally turn eighteen on December twenty fifth, you can play airsoft. That does make sense. And from an adult perspective, it, that 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 does is very very valid. But out here, my fifteen year old kids who only have drugs murder around them or just straight violence 
this is the only outlet where I could bring them out there. I'm their big brother, and for four hours, they're mine, and they can do nothing but play Airsoft. You know what I mean? So it is tough. But anybody else who hears this podcast from out here is probably going to move to Tokyo now. <laughs> you said, what? No kids? <laughs> They're going right. Yeah. No kids. <laughs> and <laughs> he, here's the... This this is a hard this is a hard rule like in Tokyo, um you can't talk to other players you can talk to your own team, but you can't talk to the other team um like you can give them props and say like good job and stuff like that, but you can't swear at other players you can't um talk shit to other players you can't call hits on other players Th- this is all like against the rules at every field in Japan, and when you have beef you just talk to the ref and you go like. This player over here is not calling his hits, and then the ref will talk to him. And it's fantastic because you have no conflict of people coming up to you starting shit. Like, I've seen so many videos in America where someone shoots someone, gets a clean, like, three-shot burst on them, and they keep playing. And he's like, dude, I shot you. He goes, how dare you say that to me? You're calling me a cheater. And they start punching each other. You're like, animals. That's California Airsoft, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but man i i am i am all fine with the rules of no kids and no communication and it's great <laughs> that is so crazy the different life out there and that, that that's part of why i'm here because as soon as i found out your location and stuff i'm like i, I would love to hear his world of airsoft and it is from the 17 minutes we've been on the call it is way different night and day different from how it is out here so that's phenomenal yeah but like there are some bad points so like a lot of our beginner fields are just um i can't play there because they don't fit my play style so i'm very aggressive and like my favorite move is pretty much to use suppression fire just non-stop so i will suppress someone and then as soon as they move i'm not going to take the corner and hold the corner i'm going to advance to a new position and you know depending on where they're hiding i'm going to advance to them and then when they pop up, I'm going to come around the corner on them and do stuff like that. And I absolutely love doing that. But you have to dash. It's basically playing Gears of War. It's, it's becomes a cover shooter. Yeah. And in lots of uh, beginner fields, like our indoor fields in Tokyo, you can only fire three shots. Uh, and then you have to take a, a two-second break. So you can do like, but, 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 then one, two, but, but, but. It's so, like playing Galaga. You have that delay. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's really hard when you want to use suppression. Or like if there's five people in a room and you want to kill everyone. Uh, but the other thing is there's no running. It's just walking only. So it becomes very um, tactical. And it basically becomes this new form of airsoft called UAB, which is Ultimate Airsoft Battles, which is basically two people stationary in a field trying to snipe each other, doing this peak style around corners. <laughs> and... Um, if you look at uh, my Insta, you'll see a ton of UAV players. And I refuse to use this technique. Like, it's incredibly efficient, but it's not fun. And I will purposely hold my gun all the way out when I'm shooting. I'm not going to tuck it in when I'm going around corners. Because part of Airsoft is just laughing. It's just pretending that you're some really cool action hero and you're getting shit done. Uh, it's It's not about winning so much. Playing silly war games, you know what I mean? We're just having a good time. Josh Ward told me that. 
Well, yeah, if you look at the names of airsoft around the world, it's really interesting. So like some people will use the word airsoft. Uh, other people will just use a translation of like war game. And you'll see lots of non-English speaking countries just calling it their equivalent of war game. And, but in Japan, it's called survival game. So when you think about the name, it's, it's much less aggressive. And I, I was uh, just shocked when I got a comment on some of my videos in Japanese where I was doing a, um, a woodlands field and me and my team were just bomb rushing the enemy straight from the start of the game, just running all the way across the field and just like flanking everyone from the start. And we got it all on camera and people like commenting, like, what, the, what the hell is this? Like, I, I didn't know you're allowed to like run in woodland. Like me and my friends always just like hide behind the barricades and shoot. Like I thought this was an overseas, um, overseas game. I'm like, no, like you can. You can run too. And they're like, oh, I don't have the courage to do that. And that was the actual comment. I was like, you don't need courage. Just, you know, wear a plate carrier. You'll be fine. Yeah. Well, that's why I always tell newer guys too, you know, dress to your experience. And four jackets. Next time you come out, take one jacket off, wear three. And just keep doing that until you're comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I remember when... Uh, Oh, because in Japan, we've got much um, lower limits. We only play one jewel. So that's why we can do full auto. That's why we can do point blank stuff. But yeah, when I started playing, we used to do shirts versus skins. And my God, like you call every hit when you're playing shirts versus it's skins. ricochets, bro. <laughs> you call everything. Oh, that's funny though. <laughs> but yeah, if you're just wearing a hoodie like this, like a fleece, you're not going to feel shit when you get hit. No. You can get full auto. It's fine. Well, especially with adrenaline. Yeah, it's mostly about hearing those BBs bounce off. You're like, oh shit, he's hitting me. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. Even like, I've gotten like a full die mask and uh, you don't feel that at all. You just hear it. You just hear like, clack, clack, clack. Ah, I'm out. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, there's, there's no pain. Makes sense. All right. And last one, I wanted to ask you about uh, another event that you're involved in. This is Battle for LA. Is that the uh, that terrible movie? <laughs> I believe it's based off of that. And Jet, if you hear this, I'm sorry. There's too many events, Jet. Wait, that, that had Aaron Eckhart in it. That I think that movie ruined Aaron Eckhart's career. <laughs> wait, wait, let's Bro. see. Do you know who Aaron Eckhart is? <laughs> Then it, yes, it ruined his career. <laughs> you just proved it. No, no, but basically, uh, my good buddy, Jed, the desert Fox, which I'm sure you probably heard of him. Um, oh, well, you know, Jed, that's yeah, cool. Me, me and Jed are working on some stuff right now, but can't talk about that. But for battle for LA, uh, essentially he runs this event every year at George air force base, which is conveniently 20 minutes down the street from me. And again, being in the, fortunate position that I am now I do have a lot of very very good friends out here that I have forced to come to this event and we will be rolling on the syndicate and I should have probably at least 50 good bodies rolling directly under me and the best part about Milsons is guys don't get that they always try to stack all their friends on one team no I have probably 30 to 50 friends also on ERT the opposite faction and kind of how I run Milsons is I get the enemy team who's my friends on comms at any point because George is you know a very big military abandoned base if we get a little bored or, you know, we're not finding too much action or we're trying to fight an objective, hey, guys, we're going to be here at this objective. Let's meet up on Texas Street and let's fight it out. And it is basically just the biggest LARP ever. For anybody listening to this who has not been to a military simulation, this is the best one to do. Because Milsom West is a little bit complex, you know, you know, 40 hours. It's guys from the city, they aren't really ready for all that. 
but very beautiful experience. Um, Lion Claw's a lot of fun, but, you know, Jets games are kind of just big old pickup games. So you are allowed to wear your dye mask. You know, dressing up's a little bit cool as long as you clear it through him. You know what I mean? It's just a very, very good experience. So I'm very excited for Battle for LA. I think it's in March 3rd and 5th is the dates for that one, and it's going to be a good time. Nice, man. I, I love uh, watching Jet stuff on YouTube. He has some amazing stuff, like him and Leah, right? Yeah, Leah, very, very sweet lady. She's doing a lot for the women airsoft. Shout out to Leah. Yeah, I, I, one of the uh, Jet videos that stuck with me was, I, I hope it was his video, uh, where they were in the desert and they had some abandoned airplanes in a boneyard and they were just doing um, basically the Call of Duty mission where you have to take the the aircraft and kill everyone on the aircraft. Oh, uh, that's called Mojave. That's the airplane graveyard through Lion Claw um, Tactical Challenge. And I was actually the terrorist for that. So you're literally sitting in a plane. Okay. you have uh, We had this girl who had a fake belly on her. So she would act like she was pregnant. Upstairs, basically you had to go find the codes, kill the terrorists, defuse the bomb, and then save the hostages. This lady who was there, I wish I could remember her name. She played her role so well. They tried to grab her and start running with her, try to take her down the stairs. She took like two steps and went, oh, contractions. And started to like, <laughs> throwing men are like not trying to touch the woman. Like, oh, oh, what do we do? She's like, I'm pregnant. Have some respect. Like it was like a real, real LARP. I had a buddy who tried to climb up the plane from the bottom and went to jump in and he was wearing full kit and he got stuck. We had KWA. I think I saw that in the video because one guy tried to like climb up, uh, through the the wheel bay. yeah that's what it was and that's why that was my buddy dean and my buddy dean got stuck in there and kid Boy, the, the guy from kid Boy's filming us he's like uh okay i guess he's stuck and he's just moved on and i'm like dean we yeah 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 they just they just left him yeah <laughs> Down. it is really really cool i mean just like broken in half boeing 747 planes and very very cool experience that's actually coming back this year Nice. Dude, I, I would love to join that. That sounds amazing. We we don't have milsims like that in Japan. What? We we don't have milsims here. What why? What is the reason? We don't we don't have a military. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> well yeah, Airsoft started here. So and it, it started here as a completely different game to Milsim. Yeah. Um and like Milsim is, you know, very, very American. And of course, other countries do Milsims too. But yeah, when you see like survival game or sabage as it's called uh, versus like Milsim, like it's just so different. Like Milsim seems cooler. I, I would much rather do Milsim. They're cool, but there's a lot that goes into them. You know what I mean? Especially if it's your first Milsim, people have to understand, you know, say you were to go to a Milsim West or like a jet game early. Early tickets kind of like a concert. You might pay 125 to 150 but say you want to go like NATO, say NATO faction. Well, now you got to get a full NATO kit because you got to be tactical or else you're going to get frowned upon. So your first milsim. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, you might be out four to 600 bucks that first milsim. But after you have that initial loadout, if you have a solid group of guys on the same mindset, like, okay, every year we're going to be Russia or every year we're going to be NATO, then you're good. But initially, it, it, it does. you do pay a lot and it's scary. Because after you pay a certain amount of money in the sport of airsoft, you have a certain amount of expectation for what you need to happen. That's why I try to make <laughs> and as free as possible. You guys don't go, well, oh, dude, kind of suck for 40 bucks. I'm like, well, dude, for free. I know I suck running games, but hey, at least I care. You had fun, right? Well, yeah, I guess it was pretty... it was free. Go home. <laughs> well, like, just like for money, like just like this kit here, this uh, Ranger Green kit, uh, I dropped 
$500 on that. That was my Christmas present. Oh, just like that? No. And then this week, I finished making my MP5 handguard. And this year is like $200 just for this, but it is absolutely perfect. Dude, that is so cool. It's it's beautiful. It's it's modeled off the one off the, the HK page. And I'm like, oh, I, I need that. So <laughs> I found all the pieces and then put it together. But now I can't get the battery in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to modify a LiPo battery because the, the cords are too long, so they're overlapping. So I'm going to have to cut the cords or find an even smaller battery. But I've got the smallest nunchuck battery you can get, and it doesn't fit. The cooler your gun is, the less practical it is. I've had... Oh, yeah. yeah say, I know I've that. Had some, <laughs> I've had some guns where like it's definitely like that. For me, like, because I do YouTube and shit, like, your gun gets heavy. Like, when you put a scope cam on it, you put a GoPro on it, put the battery pack on it, it is, and it's full metal, too. Like, it is just really hard to ADS with. And you just basically hold it in low ready all the time. And then as soon as, like, an enemy comes, like, oh, okay. But you, you, you're not going to walk around ADSing because it's just too heavy. It's just too much all the time, man. <laughs> So, yeah, ARP9s are great for YouTube just because they're so light. They're plastic. They're short. Even when you mount your cameras on them, they're still light. But when you have got a big metal M4, oh, the weight is incredible. That's why I'm using my Zion Arms right now. Still use the X9 mags, very similar to the ARP, you know what I mean, as far as, like, the style and, like, the size of it. But uh, very phenomenal. I, I basically just took all my internals out and got all the Prometheus Max and just dropped it all on that gun and went crazy with it. Oh, Prometheus. They're all the, uh, the lilacs uh, in the barrels. So I got their gearbox because it okay. instead of having to crack it, there's different parts you can section it off if you want to work on just the gears or just the spring and stuff. So for my tech, he he loves me now because I was able to do that for him. But uh, no, for my barrels, man, I use the uh, Angel Custom 601. Woo, I love those. I've been using those for over half a decade. All right. So I think we can move on to the next part of the podcast now. Let's uh, move on to guns and loadout. So, like, for me, like, at the moment, I'm running my uh, Carbonate. Wait, what is this? I forgot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a Carbonate High Kappa Staccato. I just got this for Christmas. That's what that, so, that is a little staccato, isn't it? Yeah, you got the st staccato. What's this? Stippling? I keep forgetting what that's called. Stippling, grip, uh, yeah. But yeah. Loving this. Oh. CO2 is the best. How about you? What are you running at the moment? So, again, um, I have a Zion Arms that I got a nice custom paint job. Pink like me. All my gear is always pink and dropped like a little over 1,000 or 1,500 in, in internal parts. Got that thing ripping 55 a second. But wow. if you watch any of my YouTube videos or my content, you'll always see me rocking a 270 FPS Novridge pistol because usually I'll go to a field. I'll be like, okay, so what's the crowd tonight? And, you know, because I have good buddies who work at Tax City or N1, they'll be like, oh, you know, Poet, it's kind of like a beginner crowd. I'm like, cool. And whenever there's a beginner crowd, I try not to film and kind of try to be that guy who's like, oh, I got a 10 kill streak on these 10 rental players. I'll put that super gun down. I'll grab that stock average pistol and just practice my one balls, just like leapfrogging around saying rivet and just like, yeah. So try to keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I did that the last time I went to the beginner field. Um, I got, um, what was it? I, I one bolt six people in a row. And I was like, hey, that's cool. Then I got team killed. I'm like, oh, come on. I could have got more. That's how it all. I was on a roll. Dude, with friends like you, I don't need enemies. 
you shouldn't be sober. Right. But I, I was super happy about that because I didn't notice I one balled six people. I thought I was just like, I thought I just like was doing regular shooting. But then I uploaded it to uh, Twitter. And then like uh, a few hours later, I actually got hit up by uh, a television station in Japan that was doing like a, an airsoft segment. It's like, oh, can we use this clip uh, on TV on Sunday? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. That's awesome. So that's really cool. Like when you get recognition like that, love it. And that's what airsofters need. Like a lot of us, all, all we needed was that we're doing a good job. Just not all the time. Just sometimes we're like, hey, dude, that I, yeah, if I saw that. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to post another one then. You know what I mean? It's like, hell yeah. <laughs> right. And they're like, I wasn't being a dick. I, I was just one-shotting noobs. And, you know, that's that's the best you can that's, do. <laughs> I end up for it either way. You know, it's like we're out there to not shoot them, you know. And, and that's even worse to sit there and baby somebody who's trying to learn the sport. No, throw them with the sharks. But obviously don't overshoot him. You don't have to pre-fire the corner on the guy who's not even lifting his gun. You know what I mean? So. I know. I'm still pre-firing that corner. Allegedly. Me too. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> is pre-firing a hot topic for you? Pre-firing is a very gray area and there's a lot of event coordinators who are trying to figure out the best way to have that rule or not have that rule. So it's a very good, good rule to have. Uh, me personally, I would maybe check the velocity of some guys and I wouldn't have them, you know, maybe at 35 a second pre-firing on a full auto day. You know what I mean? But if it's like a semi-auto day, we're all pushing three, maybe 350 and we have the right crowd. I love pre-firing because it does help and it's very advantageous. It's like, dude, I was man enough to make that move. I should be able to earn that BB. I shouldn't have to wait until I peek that corner for you to already be sitting there to shoot me. You know what I mean? We're playing airsoft, but it's really just airsofters are like wide receivers. I just play football and wide receivers. Hey. Kid, that was my position. And that we were known as like the drama queens. And I love airsofters. Not that we're drama queens, but we really are. We're very passionate, emotional people. You know what I mean? We kind of have to have everything kind of go right. Cause we're getting pre-fired a lot. Da da da. A lot of my guys are going to pack their stuff and go home. Wait, so do you do full auto pre-firing? Uh, at my private games, at the very end of my games, the, but the very last set, I give everybody the option of the full auto game. And that is kind of just full auto. Dude. Oh, that's chaos. Sure. Yeah, you know. I, I'm assuming this is an indoor field too. I'm sorry? Is this an indoor field? Yeah, so I'm sorry. When we play uh, my private games, like especially for the past seven months, it's been over at Product N1. So imagine like a, a few hundred square feet warehouse. Very, very tiny, very enclosed, and there's a lot of walls in there, and the entire field's modular. So I'm a local, but every week I go there, the entire field's different. You kind of have to learn on the ropes, but you might get killed. I mean, most of your deaths are from within five and ten feet away. So, And you can fall auto that distance. Like, I, I always see that, like, um, Americans not allowing well, that. Well, for open games, no. That's why my private games, um, I'll, I'll go up in the ref tower, and I kind of just kind of control some things up there and run it. But to a safe point, you know, obviously... It, Last Saturday, I had a private game where I had a full auto game. Before the full auto game, I pulled the five kids that I had there to the side, like, hey, just so you know, this is what we're doing. Two of the kids were like, cool, I'm going to sit back. Three of the kids were like, really? And they had the best time of their entire life. You know what I mean? And all my guys understand, too. I announced before every game, guys, this kid, Timmy Turner, is here to play with us, right? He's very excited. Maybe don't feed him 30 BBs. But if it's a matter of shooting him, please shoot him so he learns what a BB feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, for me, like, with pre-firing, I, I don't see pre-firing, like, full auto ever because, like, for me, pre-firing will be, like, when you're about to, like, take a corner. So, you're about, like, less than five meters from the corner. So, you have, you're probably going to be using your handgun 
or you know you might be using your long gun but normally like for like uh, american games and stuff like that and like any game that has a minimal engagement distance you, you can't use even your, your rifle at that distance unless you're running less than 300 fps under like the cqb rule so if you have like an mp5 running 300 you're okay but almost everyone needs to like switch to their pistols if they're like five meters from a corner you're going to shoot and like go around the corner i can only think of doing that with a pistol like that would be amazing fun to do that with fully automatic yeah well and um what's it called what's it called what was i gonna say um the big problem with fields too in in my eyes is the bang bang rule i don't like bang bang because i hate it can run up to five guys all just go burr, 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 bang, 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 bang. To BB and all five of us are looking at him like, "What do you mean, dude?" <laughs> like, what? And it always caused at my personal field that I host. I had my own field called Poets Playground up here for about a quarter of a year, completely free field. I had no bank. One time where a kid ran into a bunker with again four guys and he's just like, "Bang, bang, 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 bang." I said, "No, bro, you're dead." He's like, "Why?" He said, "I'm not trying to hurt them." I said, "Dude, if you're balls enough to sprint 30 feet into that bunker, if they're dumb enough to allow you to get that close, they earn that BB. Give it to him, man." Yeah. Give it to him. Dude, I I love Japan because there's no bang bang rule anywhere. No field uses it. Oh, okay. Um and yeah, um I've only um surrendered two players. Um I know I only did it one time and I, I just did it for laughs. And like you you can't bang bang someone, but you can give up. You can be like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. I don't need this. Yeah, heat. give them a chance. Um, yeah. And there was this guy that me and my friends, you know, were playing with. He was he was a pro player, so he was like giving us a hard time because he was really good. And then I stalked him for one game. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get you. So I snuck out of nowhere. I was like, I put my gun like right in the nape of his neck. And then he's like, No, I'm out. I'm out. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, ah, I was, I was gonna drop three in the back of his neck, <laughs> but he 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 called himself out before I could do it. But I got it all on camera, so it's still funny. That is funny. But apart from that, like, um, I was knife killed, um, last week in a game. Uh, I was hiding in the bushes, protecting the flag. Someone got all the way behind me and instead of shooting me, they just tapped me on the back and I was like, yep, you got me. I'm out. And for me, bang, bang is fine like that. If you can get behind someone and you can tap them, basically a stealth kill, that's fine. You don't need to shoot someone in the back of the head three times because, when it almost happened to me, I'm like, yeah, it's not cool, so I'll stop doing it. Yeah. But, no, running at someone, bang bang doesn't work, because first thing is, uh, I edit airsoft footage, so the first thing is, you miss. You are not a, you're not a good shot. And when you think you hit someone, you probably didn't. Um, and I have seen people point blank, like from one meter away, miss, where the BB went straight at the head, and then it curved. <laughs> so, even see like me using tracers like i've got a really steady grip i'll fire three rounds and it's like a 30 centimeter spread on the target so yeah you probably would i i would say point blank when you shoot someone you've got an 80 percent chance you're going to hit them yeah. but that 20 percent, i will still play with yeah. because i remember like when my team got separated and we had to play against each other um the team captain rocked up on me he got the drop on me he misfired, and I saw the gas come out of his gun, but no BB. I'm like, ha, you're mine. 
And then I lit him up and got the kill. So you, if it was bang, bang, I would have been dead. But when you take malfunctions and skill and just crappy BBs into the mix, you actually get a much more interesting game. So yeah, completely get rid of bang, bang. Well, and here's the thing about Speedsoft. So we have the outdoor SC villages and the code reds where it's the bang, bang. And then there's really no in between because then you go to one, one again. As field owners, all they can do is provide a safe and fun field to play at and any service to help you out. And that's all they can do. Now, on a toxic competitive night, again, the players are going to be players. And there's a lot of players who play at a lot of the indoor fields. Even, you know, Adrenaline Tack and N1. It's not just subjected to N1. It really is a lot of these speed soft guys who go to these beautiful fields and, you know, try, try to give them a bad name. But obviously, they're too big to get that. But a big thing that they do is they'll go behind your head. They'll turn on that GoPro. And they, you'll feel a barrel touch the back of your head, and they'll pull the trigger. And if it's your buddy, it's like, oh, that's cool, man. But a little kid, imagine, you know, kid point blank already sucks. And imagine on your skull, in front of, you know, now you're embarrassed because you're all over social media. That's why I literally, like, for my merch that I made, I dropped yeah. these bald clavas. And on the back, it says, if you see this, I'm probably dead. Just so both <laughs> internet nice. and you make me look terrible, at least you'll laugh a little bit before you're, before you're a dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, um, I agree with all of that. Just one like counterpoint, though. When you're playing Airsoft, you're going to be wearing a mask. You should not be identifiable. For me, I'm incredibly identifiable. I've got branding on me. I've got my own hats and shit. So when you kill me, you know it. But if you're just a kid in a rental mask, you can just say, that wasn't me. There's, there's no proof. Very true. So, yeah, you don't worry too much about getting on social media Unless you take off your mask or you got branding. Otherwise, you're completely anonymous. Yeah, unless you're me or you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the branding. Also, like, I'm 6'3", and, you know, a giant foreigner in Tokyo. I stand out. I'm also, like, the most aggressive player on the <laughs> field. And, yeah, I, uh... Like, my whole team will wear, like, full kit when we play Speedsoft, just because it's a flex. <laughs> I wear a fanny... And everyone, everyone else will just be wearing Under Armour and like active wear. But yeah, we'll be in full, full kit. And like my favorite story about that is like the, um, the other guy on the team, Dan, like he, he wears real plates. So his armor is heavy as all hell. Uh, but he works out all the time. He, he's a unit. And when we were, we went to Black Fox, which is like our local, like pro speed QB place. And, uh, people were complaining about Dan because, uh, he was too, uh, they, they said he wasn't calling his hits because he was wearing the plate. And he was, we were, we, we called our hits. We got all, of, uh, we got all the footage yeah. of it. But then like the ref comes up. He's like, Hey man, like, sorry about this, but some people were complaining. Can you guys take off your plates? You're like, Oh, we can, but you probably won't like us to take off the plates. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's like Rock Lee <laughs> in Naruto where he drops the weights. It's like, good job. You just doubled Dan's speed. Like, he's already faster than everyone on the field. Now he's twice as fast. And now, like, as soon as the bell rings, we're just in the base, and it's just dead bodies. And they're like, can you put the armor back on? <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Good memories. Oh, man. No, Airsoft. You know, and again, for, for anybody listening to this, guys, like, me and Mr. Defro here have been playing for a very long time, and we're able to, you know, have, you know, these recollections and all these times where we can sit here and I'll be on a podcast and talk about the good memories. It's a beautiful thing to have because 
in the world that we live in right now, you know, if, if today, right now you wake up, your girl leaves you, lose your house, everything else, nobody can take away what we've already done. All those good memories with our friends, the world might be crap right now, right now, today, right this second. But all those memories with our friends, all the ones that we're going to make, no one can take that away from us. You know what I mean? So it, it's just beautiful. It's so powerful what the sport is. It's so symbolic of like union and community and what you can do when you're all together. I just love that feeling, man. Right? No, it's it's true, man. Like when you have like a good team, you have a good network, you got a good community. It's it's the best. Uh, just the the validation that you get just from having a group of friends that you can play with. Like airsoft is a really nerdy hobby, and ninety nine percent of people will, you know, look down on it and think, hey, that's that's stupid. So when you actually have people that you don't need to persuade to play airsoft that actually get it, you're like. It's really cool, and you can really have a good connection with those people. So, yeah, definitely make more airsoft friends. Don't convert people to airsoft. Just, just find people that already love it. It's easier. Yeah. You're gonna go as far as your friends take you in this industry, right? And then you know, make more friends. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, tell me about like some of the guns that you're rocking. So, um, do you just have like a, a, a primary and a secondary, or do you have like a whole gun wall? What's your uh, gun collection like? So I used to have many, many guns, A12s, you know, ARP9s, all types of stuff. But I got to the point, again, up here, like I told you, poverty-stricken area. A lot of my guys can't afford, you know, the $1,500 umbrella guns when they were around and stuff like that. So all of my guns that I, that I had, I had probably 20 guns. I fully upgraded all of them and then sold them for a very cheap price to like 20 of my closest friends to keep them interested in the sport. So as I get guns, I'll get one. I'll be like, this is really cool. Upgrade the crap out of it. Find a new one that I like. Get that. And then find a really close friend that I, that I think actually loves the sport right now that won't just flip it after I give the gun for a really good price and keep them into the sport. Because guys love airsoft when they have their Lancers. You give a, a guy a gun with a max trigger, you know, a nice Titan gate in there. You know what I mean? It's going spin 30 a second at 250 feet. They go crazy. So, um, I mean, I do have my PCC 45 right now. I'm going to cut that stock off. I don't like stocks. I like being tiny. Um, I get... I, um, hey. I just got the drop stock for it because I have my die mask, so I get to go full paintball. I'm very excited for that. But um, no, I mean, it's simple. Honestly, I borrow guns a lot. And I, and I want guys to, like, when they see my channel, be like, oh, well, Poet got so many kills because he has that same ping Zion gun. Like, oh, no, he just had that stock average pistol. Was that an AAP-1? Wait, that's not even his gun over there. You know what I mean? So I really not try to get bound to one thing, especially right now because I'm starting to be a little bit more competitive. I don't want to get stuck to one thing. When I first started snowboarding, I had a $75 burn snowboard. And after a few months, I ended up getting, you know, a $500 ride snowboard. And I was like on a boat. I never fell again. And I was flying down the mountain. So <laughs> too stuck to one thing. That's my whole life. I'm not like that. I like bouncing around. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Like I try to use different guns in each video because it's no fun if people are just seeing like the same stuff over and over again. Like mix it up and people love seeing like rare airsoft guns. So if you can like show some people a gun that they haven't seen before, they like it. Yeah. And it's fun for you too, because you get really used to your, your current gun. You know how to hold it. You know how the reloads work. But then like learning a new gun, it's just like Call of Duty. Like you have to learn a new gun in that like every day or so. And I love that. I love the challenge. 100%. 100%. All right. So if someone is getting into Airsoft, um, let's do uh, Speed QB. Uh, I'd like you to come up with like uh, a budget of how much you think it would cost like to get into speed QB because 
you're talking about like um, making airsoft cheap for people. So what is like the the cheapest loadout someone could do to get into airsoft? Like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, five hundred thousand. What number are you? If thinking? you want to go speed softing today, you just want to get some kit where it's adequate enough where you'll have a good time. Two hundred bucks, hundred ten dollars for a CZPO nine and all tan, because the black one they charge fifty dollars more. The CZ is the most reliable pistol that I've seen, in my opinion, in the sport of airsoft throughout the, the many years that I've worked and been a part of it. I mean, I won the airsoft awards for many years. You know what I mean? Hundred ten bucks, saw there, get a bottle of gas and BBs. You're looking around one fifty. From that point, get one of the twenty five dollar Lancer tactical vests. Um, if you want, maybe even push your budget might be two twenty five. Get the forty five dollar vest only because the twenty five dollar vest you still have to add stuff. So get the forty dollar vest where you already have the three built in pouches there. You know what I mean? Um, besides that, I mean, cheap $25 paintball mask. And guess what? You're airsofting. Without it. Nice. No, I like that. So just get a pistol, get a vest and get a mask. Yeah. Anybody who wants to do speed QB serious. Now just newer rental guy, go to the field, maybe get a rifle. But if you want to like do speed QB, you want to start being that guy, go there and, and put yourself at a disadvantage. Get that stock pistol with that longer trigger pull. And experience that. So when you see those guys going crazy with that feather trigger, and you somehow end up killing him every game after a couple of months, it's, it's a better feeling in your heart because you earned that. You know what I mean? You didn't pay for skill; you won that fight, and you don't have to pay money. Nice. Know, so. Yeah, dude, I respect that definitely. If you want to get into speed QB, do some indoor airsoft. Start with a pistol. Uh, I would recommend CO2 pistols just because they're so much fun with that big kick. But yeah, get uh, get whatever you like. And Normally, you'll go to magazine for sure. <laughs> yeah, most um, guns like around 300 FPS are honestly basically yeah. the same. So don't buy like the gun that's the best. Buy the gun that you like. Just think about like what movies you watched, what games you played, and what was like the coolest gun from that. Then buy that gun and be that guy because they're all the same internals when you've got a 300, 200, 300 gun. They're all the yeah. same. Especially in a sport like this, you have a rare opportunity to be a very different person. You know what I mean? We're being in California, hey. we can't even have guns. So you have this rare opportunity to get an AA-12, Cerakoted pink and black, dye your hair pink and black, and I could be this guy, and I'm the only guy who's this. It's like Comic-Con every week for me. I get to dress up in my funny suit, and again, if it's toxic, I'll even throw on the banana suit additionally on top of that. The cosplay's happening for me. You know what I mean? It's so cool. So... Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like dressing up for airsoft is is half of it. So it's a big uh, percentage. Sorry, a big percent of airsoft is cosplay. And for me, like I love taking photos for airsoft. Like look at my Insta. You'll just see all these photos of me dressed up in full kit, and it's fun. Um, if you just like, I, I got some pictures where I'm just doing like speed QB, just wearing like a t-shirt and die, and it's not as cool. But when I've got I've got the armor on, I got the plates, got the mags, got the comms, got the stupid radio at the back. I got my all my back is just grenades. I got four grenade pouches on my back. All the cabling works. I got the hydration pack. Like it's all legit. And like trying to figure out your loadout, how you're gonna run all the cables and stuff. It's all it's all fun, and I love all that stuff. Yeah. Well, plus for all your pals at work and her family members and stuff, they're like, "What did you do on Saturday? Oh, let me send you a picture. That's you." Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And then, like, when people at work, like, find out what I do, 
they're either like shocked or want to join me. So they, there's no one in the middle. That, that's that's very very true. It's either like, oh my goodness, or it's like, hey hey, do you have an extra gun I can use this weekend? Absolutely, you know. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. I actually played with some of my coworkers. Like three or four of my coworkers joined me for games, and yeah, they're doing really well. So, heck cool. yeah, man. All right, so um, I'd like you, let's move on to the next section now. So let's talk about fields. Um, you play a lot in lots of different cities uh, around America. So I feel you're in a really unique position to tell us about different fields in the US. So I'd like you to think about five fields that you really like. I don't want you to rank these. These can just be five legit fields that Storm the Poet recommends. Can you tell me about these five fields, but in no necessary order? Yes. So on the top of my head, and this is one field that I have not been to, but I've been watching for many years through through many hundreds of people have talked about over, I believe it's Virginia, Ballahack Air. So if oh yeah, they're blowing yeah, up. So if you're a guy who is a cosplayer, you like that LARPing sort of sensation, and you love those big events. They literally have Western events where they give you two dollars. And you can go gamble that. You can go rob the bank. You can protect the bank. You can be a good, a bad guy. And you have like revolvers and stuff. I just love somebody who takes time out of their day to really sit there. And you could tell like it wasn't like the night before. Like, oh man, we have an event. What do you do? No, many months of intricate, meticulous planning for, uh, I, I believe that's Swamp Sniper who owns that field. Kudos to that, man. A lot of respect. Yeah, Swamp Sniper is cool. Like he's been doing some really cool stuff on Insta recently. Like, the way like he's like giving kids like free guns and stuff like that with he's like, do you want what's in the briefcase or do you want this pistol? I, that's really cool. I was watching that like just before this podcast. hundred um, percent. Product N1, they've been family for years and just their overall goal, you know, they really make a big push to keep toxic people away from their field. You know, a, a lot eh. after a certain point, they, they really start thinking about this. And, and even if they see a lot of stuff going on, they kind of just put the blinds over their eyes. They're like, well, I'm not really playing. You know, you guys are the ones playing. I already got my money. But the effort that they put into having their field modular, I mean, I'm with them sometimes at one or two in the morning, moving the field around when Gabe, the manager there, has to be up six hours later to host a private game. So you talk about effort and dedication. I mean, at my last private game last Saturday, it, when it rains at N1, it's not just like rain. There's a river that forms. And now you're in the N1 river. And you're like in the staging area, and like the homegirl standing on a bench. But they like, they keep it open. They make sure you're good. You know what I mean? They're over here like moving stuff around. Like, oh, storm your boost over there. We'll go do this. Like things that a lot of fields that some people might go to might expect, but they don't get. And it's depressing. I mean, I, I don't expect anything out of anybody or else I get depressed, but I see these guys doing their thing. And that's why I support them at every single private game I go to because N1 is always rocked with me. And for me, being able to get a conversation with people after I'm in the conversation, it's pretty easy for me. So I can kind of just run my mouth. But initially it's like, oh, dude, you got pink hair, tattoos kind of look funky dude a lot of people treat me weird so they immediately on site you know years ago were really cool to me and i love them john gabe carlos luis they're all doing a great job uh moving on from that just to make it faster sc village is beautiful uh wildlands is beautiful giant san diego is beautiful and the california region want to stick to those fields very family oriented and again th they are losing sight a lot of what they're doing now i will say for you know, for SC Village, people keep in mind, for guys who hear me say that, they're like, oh, he's probably getting paid to say that. Again, guys, fields can only do so much. They can only build you a beautiful place to be able to go and, and release that, that anger that you have and to go in and, you know, shoot your friends on your day off of work. And uh, you have to be the one that pulls 100%. the trigger. And SC Village is a field that's been taking a lot of flack recently. 
but it's only because these guys are going there and they're filming and they're being malicious. So I love SC Village that they will always be a home base from. I'm actually hosting a private game tomorrow morning. So I definitely support them in all their endeavors. So anything I can do to help them, I'm there. Nice. Mm -hmm. See ya. Nice. It sounds like you've got a, a good selection of fields there, man. So when I uh, come over to uh, America, I'd, I'd like to check them oh. out. Is Tax City in California? Because I see that pop up on YouTube a lot. Tax City. I was there, uh, actually, it was last night, two days ago. Tax City in Fullerton. Beautiful, beautiful field. Um, huge warehouse. Probably four times the size of N1. And it, it's a way different experience. They have like a castle in the back. Um, they have Speed QB Mondays. I was there a couple weeks ago and we had this gentleman, Noopsoft. I don't know if you know him from uh, Japan, I believe is, is where he's from. Might have been Hong Kong. Sorry, Noopsoft. But uh, he came down. He was playing with SYG. And they were doing like a whole speed QB tournament night thing for that. And that was really cool. And then basically they'll have, they'll have speed QB games. And after they play a couple of, the, uh, of those, they'll sub in the public game guys. So if you want to do both, you're playing 20 games that night for 20 bucks, 25. Nice. Yeah, I know. I know SYG. It's it's cool. That's like demo and yeah. stuff, right? Really nice. Dude, it's, it's, I, I would, uh, I'd like to do that. Uh, Sam was telling me about, I think, the N1 field. So, yeah, that, that sounds really cool. Is that way you guys uh, usually play? Usually, well, I used to play there a lot more, but I want to be everywhere. So I played there at least one day. But then uh, the field Adrenaline just opened as well. And they're kind of pairing with N1 as well, which I love to see because Adrenaline will make posts like, hey, guys, we're closing at 5, but go to N1. They're open until 9 or 10. And that makes my heart so. Well, that's Because nice. they just open and they have a really, it's almost like a dance studio with speedball bunkers and, like, TVs and, like, the floodgates. And it's just it's cool as hell and they just opened so i'm trying to support them rock with them as well i hope they grow to the future man yeah that's cool it's really nice when you see airsoft fields helping each other like it's great we're, we're all in this together we're all like the same thing we all just want to shoot Why people. Not, dude yeah all right so let's look at uh last point now i i want to look at basically how to get better at airsoft so you've been in airsoft for many many years and i'm sure you've got some really cool techniques that newer airsofters can use to improve can you let me know three techniques that people can use to get better at airsoft and try to give me as much detail as possible like please talk to me like i'm a 10 year old 100 percent. so i'm gonna break it down from the most obvious to realistic so the obvious thing is most people don't realize that they actually are already really good airsoft but when they step on the field and they see poet with the pink jacket they see sbg demo you see anything like that i have guys on my own personal team they fold the biggest thing that i could tell anybody is if you're one of those guys that like loves music i write poetry before a game do some writing put in some music forget about all the people that you're against don't even worry about the people that you're fighting pretend that everybody that you're fighting against is your closest friends when I played in football games and youth football, I didn't do that well. But when I played at the park with the 20 homies, no pads, and I'm in my, you know, no socks, and I'm running around, I was a super-duper athlete. So it really comes down to mindset. You already have the ability. You already played Call of Duty your whole life, kids. You're in California. You ain't doing much, all right? You have the beach. We have all this. We're all on <laughs> Xbox, PS5. The ability is already there. Just don't don't overthink what you're doing. Um, second, based off of that, uh, as far as skill-wise, um, I kind of already broke it down with you. It's don't get the crazy gun. If you use a really cool crazy gun one time and you have an okay day and then after that you're stuck to your Lancer, you're never going to progress because you're like, well, I'm not going to be able to do, to do good again unless I have that gun. So put yourself at a disadvantageous position. 
maybe go and do a game. When I go to add one, I do a lot of games with just one magazine. I want 35 total shots. I never load my magazines full to 50. No, because you know my springs will mess up. I load 35 BBs in my mag, and that's it. My gas might run out after 30. So I count those shots in my head and just keep it like that. Put yourself at a disadvantaged position. So when you get when it comes down to a jungle ball, a speed QB tournament, and you're like, oh, wait, I could just have whatever I want, and I could do my thing, you'll see how fast you get unlocked. Now, from a pure trying to get skill, uh, there's this new thing that kids should get if they're in a financial position called a VR. Because they have VR paintball now. They literally sit there at home. And what a lot of speedballers do and speed stoppers do is they'll sit there, put on their VR, go in the lobby with their friends. And after N1 and all these places closed, instead of Call of Duty, they're up till 4 a.m. literally practicing. And if not, if you can't afford the VR Oculus, go and play the cool math games where you have to use hand-eye coordination and click different things. I mean, if kids watch, you know, Fortnite, there's this guy, Tifu. Before he goes and he does games where he has, you know, you basically just clicking to kill people, right? He does this game where he clicks certain dots on the screen you have to click it as fast as you can and see if you can click it within a tenth of a second or a fifth of a second get your hand-eye coordination up because indoor it's not outdoor if we're playing outdoor brother i'm gonna see your entire body i'm gonna shoot you for five seconds before a bb gets to you indoor if i for half yep. a second the wrong way doop, oh shit i'm hit so training yourself and that's why i love speed stop and speedball because that's training for real life outdoors indoor is like someone broke into my house do i peek this corner probably not you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's probably what I would say of my three things. Dude, those are all really good pieces of advice. I, I agree 100%. Um, when you play outdoor, it's a completely different game simply because you can dodge the BBs. Like, A, you hear the BBs come first because you'll hear the AEG go off. You'll hear that rattle. And as soon as you hear that rattle, you duck or you take cover. And then three seconds later, the BBs will just like rattle all over the tree that you're hiding behind. So it's it's a completely different game. But when you're indoors, uh, accuracy is so important because you're shooting like 10 meters, 20 meters. There's no wind. There's no leaves. There's nothing stopping your BB. And if your sight's, you know, dialed in, you're going to be shooting like to the millimeter, uh, you know, if you're a steady shot. And that's great. But yeah, outdoors, no. <laughs> outdoors, the biggest advice is fitness. Get in oh. shape so you can run to cover. Uh, for indoors, oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, you need to be in so, so much, especially for a military simulation, man, out here. You're at George. Just the first hour, you know, say we're doing a Milson West. I mean, you have to ruck for a couple miles until you get to your fob. That first night, I already have a couple guys like, bro, what are we doing? I'm like, Dude, this is not, yeah. you just airsoft no more, bro. At 2 a.m., you better have your glasses on because someone might walk in the door and shoot. And we might have to run all the way across that street over there with our ruck as well and have to restage. Yeah, I hope you're staying far. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's not good for me. I'm almost 40, so I don't have that stamina. So, like, playing indoors in Japan, like, where I just, like, walk around, sure, that's that's no, that's no problem. But I do outdoors, like, probably twice a month. And, yeah, when I'm just running across the map, like, I can't do that every game. Yeah, 100%. It ruins the uh, the uh, the videos too, because all you just hear is heavy breathing in the GoPro, and it's it's not good. <laughs> Camera's shaking everywhere. Yeah, it's trash. Oh man, that's funny. All right, um, next one here. So a lot of people have uh, opinions on different airsofters, and people have different kinds of airsofters that they absolutely love, and other types of airsofters that they absolutely hate. So can 
And of course, like I've asked other people this question, so all the basic answers have already been taken. So I hate people who cheat. Yeah, we all yeah. do. So try to be creative and tell me three kinds of airsoft. Sorry, please tell me three kinds of airsofters you absolutely adore, and three kinds of airsofters you absolutely despise. Well, here's how I answer your question, and I'll break it down like this: What people have to understand is that every type of airsofter around them is necessary for their growth in life. If everybody around you was a yes man and just cool and like your fanboy for everything you're doing, oh, you know, to me, like, oh my gosh, put like, this is so cool. I would get an ego and I would be stuck right here. I need some of the more competitive, you know, we have LTD airsoft who are kind of more competitive, really cool guys, but they'll talk to you a little different because, you know, they have been there. And some guys don't understand how a couple of those guys talk, but I completely do. And those guys are absolutely necessary because the way that they talk, it, it kind of reminds you like, okay, there is that competitive spirit out here. You know, those guys are, they are dicks, but they speak different because they have been there. Okay. You also need those mill simmers. Those guys who are drunk at six in the morning, you know, in their chonies and their crocs, you know, drinking a beer, but that's their life is that mill sim. Because those guys give you a good experience when you're doing, you know, you're in the middle of combat. They can provide you stuff that a speed stop guy cannot provide you. Now, obviously, everyone's like, well, I wish I didn't have that overshooting guy who was out indoor and stuff like that. Well, guess what? He's necessary because now you're not going to bend that corner again. Or you're not going to, you know, you know that, that guy left and send all three guys right. Now you're going to know to spread it out, go one, one, one formation. Because if not, dude, that same guy's going to do it again. You're going to know who that guy is, right? He's going to do it. But guess what? Now you can counter that. And after the game, you can look at him and be like, hey, bro, you like that? And as long as you can keep a positive, all those people could be necessary. Now, all those people, in the opposite sense, if you take it the wrong way, you're going to quit the sport. You're going to tell your homies too. See that guy over there? This is why you should never play again. So it's just, it's all about mindset. It's all about knowing the fact that we are on this earth and it's not a perfect world. If it was, things would be a lot different. So love it. Love the love the adversity. Love the imperfections in people because that's what makes you grow. Nice, man. I, I agree with that. I try to have a... Uh... A positive attitude with all of this and it just takes me back to like when uh i was playing fortnite with my daughter so we used to play uh fortnite every day for like an hour or so and um she's 12 and she's amazing at it now and just like when we were playing we'd always do a battle royal and anytime we died we'd always like all right how did we die and we analyzed the move that the person used to kill us so like all right let's see if we can do that next round after doing that for a few rounds, and any time someone beat us, we wanted to find out how they beat us. We became unstoppable. We were like top 10 every match for like six months, uh, started joining league games. Um, it became like who, who would be the first person to eliminate like 20 people. Like it just became like noob stomping at a yeah. point. And it's just because anytime you die, it's great feedback. It's like, all right, well, that was something I screwed up. How can I improve this? Instead of getting angry, just get better. Or, you know, as they say in the, um, oh, what in the, um, oh, what's that, what's that game called where everyone says get good? Call of Duty? Uh, no, no, it's the one that's really hard. Uh, Death Scroll or, ah, I don't remember it. Someone's going to tell me in the comments. Something, Something scroll, Dark Souls, Dark, Dark Souls, it's Dark Souls. Well, you just have to get good, scrub. <laughs> And that's uh, it's actually good advice. 100%. And for any kid listening to this as well, guys, when I first played indoor, if you go to my videos and stuff like that, first of all, they're heavily edited. But second of all, when I first, you know, went indoor, I'm six foot two. I have scoliosis. Okay. I don't know. I didn't know how to run snake. 
I still to this day don't know how to slide. You're going to see my video that I'm going to post later today. And it's me at Tax City running. And I try to go slide and my knee pad shifts and I just go bloop. And I fall right over and almost break my collarbone a couple days ago. Just, I mean, I'm having so much fun with it, but you have to understand it, it is repetition. It took me a better part of four to six months just to be able to duck walk through the snake properly and peek out the way that I want to. Every time I'd go in snake and try to peek a little bit, I'm getting one ball every time. And I was just like, dude, I don't get this. Yeah, because we're tall. Yeah, but yeah, you know, but I got to the point where it's, I almost had the writer's block. Well, what do I do? So what did I do? I started watching every single person who plays there every week and I would follow them. And I literally started walking like they walk and kind of aiming how they aim. And now, like, when I have the pistol, like, my my wrist, I mean, if I have a real gun now, people are going to laugh at me. So I, I have to go back to the range and kind of readequate myself to a real gun. But now I'm like, my pistol's over here. Sometimes I'll shoot my slide, I'll hit my mask because I'm so like that. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? I've done that. Yeah. You get a big shock too. Like, you have a big CO2 mag, smacks against your dye mask. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> Too close. Too close. You're John, you're John Wicking the yeah. corner. Oh, bad. Hey, it's nice. I can I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> All right, man. So that's pretty much the end of the uh, the podcast All for right. today. So for the last part here, let's do the uh, the outro. So feel free to shout out any players, any fields, uh, any friends that. Uh, you know, you want to shout out the uh, the mic is yours. Yeah, uh, I want to first give a big shout out to Mr. John, who I talked to yesterday. Uh, he used to run a lot of big paintball games and stuff in NorCal. He's he's taking a big interest in airsoft and running events out here. He reached out to me yesterday and offered me a position to be one, a commentator for his events moving forward for his indoor events. Basically, it's like indoor and I get to commentate it. I talk a whole lot, so I love that. Kyle from Team Brotherhood, me and him are doing some collaborations and stuff. We're going to be running a lot of events. Well, me, him, and John, really. And that's kind of like I was telling you at the very beginning, I'm starting to get guys. We're starting to kind of see, oh, wait, we're on the same team. So me, Kyle, you know, John, we got some moves in the process. Shout out to Jet the Desert Fox for believing in me. And we have a lot of things in the process. Shout out to my sponsors, Otter Custom, Sam, for getting me here today. Thank you, Sam, for everything. Full auto only. Um, that man, he's been around for a couple of years, and he was my first real friend who believed in me and my brand and everything like that. If you see me travel to events, you'll see the full auto only booth. That is mine and his stuff. Definitely check out um, his link in his bio, stuff like that. And his brother, Mad Gorilla. Those guys are real bosses. At this point in my life, I like surrounding myself with real people who are waiting. And those guys are just amazing, amazing people. Check out my YouTube, Poet Airsoft. I don't know what my TikTok is. I'm still figuring out the algorithm. But just mostly my form <laughs> the poet. Guys, if anybody is reading the, or watching this um, or listening to this, I should say, feel free to DM me if you have any questions about the sport. A lot of guys go to these discords and they have quote unquote dumb questions. And they kind of get, you know, degraded for it. You have a friend in me. Don't quit the sport. If you have no friends to play with, if you're in California, come play with me. I play three, four times a week. Okay, shout out to N1, Tax City, Adrenaline, SC, Giant. And thank you, Mr. Defro, for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome, man. Thanks for joining us today.